take your balloons to the next level as we delve deeper into what truly makes a professional balloon artist with your host, Zivi Kivi. Now, welcome to the Balloon Artist Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Balloon Artist Podcast. I'm Zivi Kivi and in this season, season seven, the first years, we're talking with balloon artists that are basically less than four years into the game. And this puts them in this amazing situation where they can actually share with us some insights about their beginning and the way that they start the journey that we are in. And so many things are different these days in the world because of technology, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Google, so many things, you know, mobile phones that just, it's fascinating to see how those talented people are getting to where they are getting and how they are pretty much managed to reach where we are and even further away in the journey very, very fast. So it's really interesting. And today we're going to talk with a young, talented balloon artist from Vegas, and that is Kevin Hegberg. Hello, Kevin. Hi, Zivi. How are you? I'm doing very well today. So tell us a little bit. Uh, I understand you've been living in Vegas for the last two years, and before that, you've been living in Arizona for 12 years. And how old are you exactly? I'm uh, 27. That's cool. So at 27, you already see almost ahead of you the big 30, you know, you're growing as a young prince. So tell me a little bit, what do you do with balloons? Right now I'm a balloon twister. I do mostly balloon twisting in restaurants and for birthday parties. And how did you find the balloon art? I actually was part of a volunteer circus group back in Arizona. I actually had a juggling partner, Cody Williams, who I'm sure a lot of your listeners know. And, uh, At one point, he was moving out of town and needed someone to take over some restaurants for him, kind of take over some business in Flagstaff, Arizona. And I kind of stepped in there. So you basically started more in the circus skills type of performances. Can you tell us a little bit more about what did you do in the circus arena? Oh, boy, all sorts of stuff. I was a juggler. I did acrobalance where I kind of lifted someone in a really pretty way. I did a ragdoll act, which was a kind of a dance routine. I did shows in full costume. I did shows as a clown. I did a little of everything. But how I got to balloons was through juggling. Me and Cody Williams were juggling partners for a couple of years there. Oh, wow. That's amazing. So you basically was able to be trained by one of the influencers in the world of twisting, from my point of view and from many people's point of view. Because Cody Williams has been helping a lot of balloon artists in the first few steps of the journey as a twister. Absolutely. How was the transition? Was that something you were actually trying to avoid? So I was working as a cook at the time. So that transition was kind of awesome. Like I went from a job where my skill and my ability to create art was really undervalued and underutilized. And to move from that into a field where like you get this instant gratification of the smiles on kids' faces and whatnot was just really awesome. That transition was just super cool. (laughs) And Cody Williams definitely helped me along the way a lot with that because he's really good at training people from, you know, from a really basic standpoint up into a more professional standpoint. 
it's really notice when you look at, for example, the twist in one-on-one course made by Cody Williams in the Balloon Artist College, how important it is for him to actually train people to values of professionalism so that like it's really important for him not just that you will be able to be a twister but that you will be a professional absolutely he definitely is aimed at at pumping out artists that are ready to enter the world as a professional not just as you know some kid with a bag of balloons that was a, an excellent learning experience from him was just that moving from like, oh, here's a bag of balloons. You can turn this into just about anything you can think of to here's a bag of balloons. Here's how you're going to entertain people. Here's how you're going to present yourself and all that weird little stuff that you don't think about when you're starting out. He kind of already had. So that works out really well for me. I want you to give me, if you don't mind, like three examples of things that you notice that you're doing in a restaurant settings when you're twisting balloons, that you know, hey, this is entertaining for them. And it's something that I took the base or idea of or the actual tactic from working with Cody. Can you find three examples like that? That you're not just a balloon machine, you're actually entertaining. Absolutely. He has three like base ideas that I think really help kind of move in that direction with restaurants. You always want to look fun. So your outfit, he calls it business fun. So it's bright colors. You know, you're dressed nicer than maybe like the servers are or the customers are, but it's always bright. It's always exciting. People look at you and go, why are you here? And then he also really established the need to be entertaining first and make design second. When it comes to twisted designs, some of his designs are a bit basic compared to what other people are presenting right now but the designs are created in a way where you can optimize your connectivity with your audience. So you can pull in little tricks and you can stick balloons to people. You can put hats on people all while while you're making these designs. And that's definitely his kind of outlook that helps a lot with that. Cody loves puns. Cody loves jokes. And I don't think I could say half as many jokes in 20 minutes as he could. But picking up on that, like just bringing humor to everything, that was a really important thing I learned from him was just you bring humor to every instance you are in a restaurant. If you can make a joke, make the joke. And that's something you can basically testify that you've seen the result from adding humor and puns. Obviously not as Cody is doing it, because I, I mean, I've seen a few videos of him walking and I know that this is unbeatable, but still... You actually see the results from people? Absolutely. Adding humor, the elements of humor, just really, really makes it so that people are interacting with you instead of just watching you make a balloon. It kind of bridges the gap between you and your audience. It's awesome. You have some experience in performances from your background, from your uh, circus background of juggling and stuff. Were you ever a performer in the streets? Not as much. I did more in front of an audience and stage performing style circus. I didn't do a lot of busking, partially because it was technically illegal in that area. So I I did more stage performance and that sort of thing. I never really got into busking a lot. Cool. But you have this ability to understand what is a show and how to perform. And so can you give us an example of maybe one pun that worked in the last week or so that people were appreciative either by laughing or by tipping? 
Absolutely. I use this one a lot and it's actually one that uh, I, I had thought up of one day. A lot of the time I give kids uh, broken balloons and that sort of thing. And while they're holding it, I ask them to, you know, let it go or be like Queen Elsa and let it go. And that usually gets a little chuckle. And then after that, I go into and just say, I know that joke always gets a cold reception. For kids, it's often a bit of an airplane joke and goes right over their head. And that one gets about half a laugh at the first joke, a good hearty laugh at the second one. And the airplane joke, usually the parents are laughing and the kids have no idea what's going on. And it it works out well. That's Uh, cool. That's sweet. And I can see how it is something that you can initiate anytime you like, because there's always a balloon scrap that you can break and give the other half to the kid and then ask him the question. So that's really sweet. I understand it. I appreciate it. And it's also a little bit of a, a trend thing, specifically in Israel. Elsas are now gone. You're not being requested yeah. to do an Elsa anymore. I guess it's the same situation in the States. Absolutely. It also kind of brings the fact that Elsa exists back into the minds of girls who were four-year-olds two years ago. So every once in a while I get an Elsa after that. Uh, <laughs> an Elsa request, I should say, or Elsa request after that. So you are doing balloons for a living right now, or do you have also a different uh, job that you do? No, this is my full-time job now, and it has been for almost for three years. How sweet. How long have you been into balloons then, in total? In total, from the first time I picked up a balloon to now has been almost four years on the dot. So it took yeah. you one year to decide that you're going to be a full-timer? Absolutely. I've been performing with volunteer circus groups and whatnot for over 10 years. So the ability to turn that into a full-time paying job was awesome. So first of all, obviously, it's life. It's life experience. You had the previous experience with volunteering to build up not just the confidence, but from my point of view, like the desire or the feeling of reward that if you will be working as a full-timer, then it will be, in a way, kind of like uh, fulfilling a dream even? What do you think? Definitely. No, definitely. I've been performing on and off for years, and it was absolutely a dream to finally have something where the recognition wasn't just making an audience happy or generating laughs. It was here's money for doing this thing that you love doing. It's awesome. It's great. Can you share with me the moment of decisions that you were like saying, okay, so I'm going to be a full-timer now? Before I was making balloons, I was a full-time cook, which is a lot of the same physicality of balloons. It's pretty hard on your hands. It's pretty tiring. So when I was part-time as balloon artist, I was also still working as a cook. And there was a point when I had to choose one of those two things to do regularly because I couldn't physically, I physically couldn't keep doing both. It was just too demanding. It was too tasking on my body and my hands, especially. I was like, by Monday morning, my hands were just powder. Like they were just completely crushed. And I had to make a choice for my like physical well-being which one of these things I wanted to do more. And it was probably the quickest choice I've ever made. Mm. Balloons is so rewarding in such a direct way. Whereas cooking, you might get a little feedback, 
but for the most part, you're just throwing out your best work day in and day out. And you just, there's nothing coming back to you. Would you mind sharing with us if it was also more rewarding money-wise in comparison to cooking? Definitely. It was hands down the easiest money choice I've ever made too. When I was working part-time as a balloon artist, I was working full-time as a cook. And my full-time job as a cook made me less money than my part-time job as a balloon artist. These days, you are now a full-timer for almost three years. May I ask, was it something that was well-received by your family, your parents, or was that even an issue? I was nervous about that because it's a weird thing to present to your family. To say that I'm going to quit this stable job I've had for a couple of years and just fully jump into this world that is new and weird and interesting. It was better received than I thought it would be. And I think the reason is that I, when I chose to tell my parents about it and say, this is what I'm going to do, I'm no longer going to be cooking, was a weekend where I had made my first thousand dollars as a balloon artist in a single weekend. And I think being able to say, hey, in three days, I made a grand was pretty easy way to be like, okay, we can see how this can make you more money further on and can be maybe a stable life for you. So I'm happy for you that you got basically the blessings of your parents. Not that it's something that a man of your age back then even is not mandatory, obviously, depending on the culture and your relationship with your parents. However, that went smoothly. So I'm happy for you. How about three years into it as a full-timer. And by the way, I have to take my hat off because making the decision, even if for you it was easy, for many it's not. Oh, absolutely. There is a lot of courage here. I think the choice was easy. I don't think the journey is. I think that's, there's definitely been some rocky points. So, And especially because an entertainer and you're an artist and those two together they have a lot of emotional demands. So I want to ask you, in this journey of being a full-timer, balloon artist and a balloon twister, twister entertainer, no matter how you look at it, what would you say were the biggest hurdles that you have to or had to go through? So the largest hurdles I've ever really gone through Two years ago, I had decided to move out of Arizona and into the Las Vegas area. And the transition into a new city was incredibly difficult. In what way? It was all sorts of stuff. It was finding new clientele, rebuilding the relationships in the community that I kind of realize now that I relied on heavily for generating leads and jobs and that sort of thing. And even just the emotional hurdle of just like completely disconnecting myself from friends, family, even just regular clientele that I had in Arizona and just coming to a new city and just having to reestablish everything. It's just starting from scratch. Did you have any base, like somewhere to live where you're surrounded by friends at the very least? Absolutely. That's part of the reason that I'm still here is I live with friends. So I have base to start from and I'm working for Cody Williams. So he came out and actually helped me pitch some restaurants and build a base here. So I had more help than most people would. And even with that help, the six months after moving to Vegas is probably the hardest time in my career as a balloon artist by leaps and bounds. 
Is it more expensive to live in Vegas? Not coming from where I was, Vegas actually is pretty affordable to live in, but it's the expense of moving and the expense of reestablishing yourself was a lot. But the actual Vegas is actually pretty affordable to live in, thankfully. I couldn't imagine if I had moved to a pl- an area where it was even more expensive to live and had to go through all of that. So I want to know, give me like a couple of examples of something that you know that it's an experience for a balloon artist in Vegas that is probably unique for Vegas. Vegas has, if you work restaurants, Vegas is a very strange city to move to. The GMs and restaurants are very standoffish to the idea of balloon artists, more so than any other areas I've ever really even heard of. But I have stories from people here who have tried to pitch restaurants and tried to pitch a pretty standard family restaurant and had a GM say, if you wanted to deal with kids, you should go to McDonald's, which is a fast food restaurant here. The level of distrust of entertainers in Vegas is weirdly high considering how many entertainers are in Vegas. So how do you do it? How do you get them to agree? There's, I don't think there's a secret for it. I think having someone help you with that who's more knowledgeable definitely helps. I think though, as like a secret to getting them to agree, I think avoiding areas, especially here in Vegas, avoiding the heavy populated areas, the downtowns in Vegas, the Strip, can help some of the people here exclusively work the strip. So it's strange here for that sort of pitching. Honestly, though, the thing that got us through that the best was just quantity, pitching a whole heck of a lot of restaurants so that we found the one out of 10 where someone was at least somewhat receptive to the idea of having a balloon artist there, to having live entertainment to attract clientele. And what would you say was the results like six months in or a year later, Do you see actual results for the restaurant? Absolutely. The IHOP that I work at currently, I usually have anywhere between a dozen to two dozen people a weekend who come in specifically to see the balloon guy, as the four-year-olds say. And that alone is quantity enough to value me to the restaurant. Beyond that, I have a restaurant that I consider to be a little slower. I don't have the pull as, I, as much as I do at, at an IHOP. Because IHOP is just so targeted towards children. For them, one of, what they call me is the good review guru. They get better Yelp reviews. They get better Google reviews, Facebook reviews when I'm in the restaurant than when I'm not in the restaurant. And before I had started there, that was one of their biggest negatives that they had was they were having trouble getting out of the three-star area for their restaurant. Wow. That's a huge benefit for the restaurant. Absolutely, absolutely. So they're now celebrating their, I think, third month of straight five-star reviews. So they're pretty happy with me there. That's really interesting. It might be even an angle for finding a restaurant by, you know, first finding that there are only three-star reviews. Then you pretty much have a way to save them and help them. It was not an approach I would have thought of before working at this restaurant. But now that I've worked there and they say, when you're here, people are happy, regardless of any other, any quality issues they might have, that sort of thing. It was pretty awesome to hear. That's awesome. I want to segue to another topic, and that is education. 
So in the first few years, obviously, you need to ramp up your skills. And that is usually done by some sort of education. Now, you have the luxury of going through some personal education by working with Cody Williams. But I honestly want to hear from you what works for you, how do you learn, and what was your journey in the last few years in regards to education. Working with Cody is an amazing way to get your start as a balloon artist. I'm definitely not going to sugarcoat the fact that I, I had just a leg up over a whole heck of a lot of other artists in that I got to work with a professional entertainer on a day-to-day basis who, you know, is one of my best friends. And, you know, it just, I loved it. It was great. His uh, Zero to Pro DVD was my original training manual. The original version of Zero to Pro was the Kevin Hagberg training course. And it was a lot of, hey, Kevin, this is how we're going to work on making the rows and that sort of thing. Is that, that was designed for that. And that is awesome. Since then, though, especially now that I moved to Vegas and, you know, I don't get to see my good friend Cody on a regular basis or anything, I found a lot of help from reaching out to other artists, going to jams. Jams are awesome. I've learned something new every time I've gone to a balloon jam. And it's to the point now where I organize them because they're just so beneficial. Jam sessions have been awesome. And, you know, even if you don't have a local jam, I know Balloon Artist College has jams with Scott Tripp on a regular basis. And those are great. I've gone to a couple of those now and I love those as well. It's a different feel, but you still get that same level of aha moments where you're learning something new that you wouldn't have picked up from watching a YouTube video or something like that. Although those are also perfectly awesome. I just, they're not really my thing. They're a little, they're usually a little slow paced for me. I find them a little slow, which is why I prefer learning from jams and live stuff because when I'm just watching a video, I don't necessarily get as much of the like one-on-one excitement from doing something with someone. Where do you see yourself going in the next six or 12 months? My 12-month goal is to double down on online work. My goal for the next year is to apply a lot of information I actually learned from the uh, modern automated balloon business course, say that 10 times fast, or MABBC for short. My goal for, for the next year is to implement a lot of information that I learned from that course to expand my business in a way that I have never done before moving into the social networking sphere, putting money into Facebook for advertising, trying to build my business beyond the very organic networking style of marketing that I've done in the past. My goal is to expand. And this is a very exciting journey. Obviously, I really believe in doing marketing that works. And it's not like networking doesn't work. It does. However, it has its own pace. And nowadays as a full-timer for three years now and as someone that works in such a huge potential and a huge market of last baby Vegas, that's just like an opportunity waiting for you and and very exciting one indeed. And you chose to join MABC, the Modern Automated Balloon Business course, which is more like a program because we actually work together on on all sorts of aspects of marketing of your business. And thank you for that, for the trust, man. Absolutely. 
working with you and building a website and just learning so much. <laughs> I think I could watch those the replays from that a dozen times and still get a new little kernel of information every time because it's just, it's a lot. <laughs> In a good way, a good lot. <laughs> cool. Thank you. And this is really interesting. Like you started fast, man, by making the leap of faith into full-timer and you did some really amazing shortcuts, but I think there are smart cuts by basically trusting your friends and trusting people around you like Cody. And that managed to bring you up to speed to a good five, six years could have been invested in thinking about whether you're ready or not. I really think that you did some pretty good decisions on your journey so far. And I think that's why potentially you were able to do it, to reach where you are right now faster than some, than many even. At the same time, you're also continuing with taking decisions that are responsible decisions on your journey. You're not just in the bus that is driving in the journey of becoming a balloon boss. You are the driver of the bus and you're choosing where you will be leading that bus. I'm so excited about seeing where you are right now, Kevin. Honestly, I feel like it will be so entertaining and rewarding at the same time to wait for six months. You're going to work a, a lot in those six months in everything that you do. And then looking back at where you were six months ago, you know, a year ago and stuff like that, and reminding yourself about it. And that would be something that I hope will be a really fun experience for you and for all of us. I say absolutely a lot. I can't stress enough how awesome it is to take the money you make and, and reinvest it in yourself. I'm into that. You know, <laughs> I don't travel a lot. I don't take a lot of vacations. Usually my vacations are uh, Tuesday through Thursday so I can get back and work some more. But I love the fact that I can take my money and use it to make myself better as an artist, better as a, hopefully as a business person. That's a lot of what I'm working on right now is being a better balloon business person. It's that back of house stuff. I could twist in a restaurant for 30 years and get bookings off of that and get bookings off of those bookings through networking. And But if I want to be at a point where I'm just comfortable with the amount of money I'm making, with how far out I'm booked, I need to do more. And it's always more. <laughs> There's always something more. Yeah, it's true. And uh, this is where you are now in the journey. It's been fascinating to touch base with you, Kevin, and see what you do in Vegas and how you experience the, the journey from where you are now. If you don't mind, send us a couple of pictures of things that you are now, the level that you are now. Show us maybe how you present yourself in the restaurant or maybe even uh, something related to some of the designs that you make. If you don't mind, we'll put that picture in the show notes of Balloon Artist Podcast. We will even put a link to your site once it's done so that people could see how your site looks like after we worked on it together. And I'm so thankful for you sharing your journey. I think it is very inspiring. First of all, you overcame some pretty hard stuff 
by moving from one city to another and from one country to another, basically. Then all of your journey from volunteering to the circus all the way up to following your heart and also making more money from that decision. That's very inspiring, Ben. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a crazy journey and I'm excited to see where the next 20 years take me. With that said, we will touch base with you in a few months from now to see how is the journey going on in retrospect after this was live. But in the meantime, I welcome everyone to meet us again next week on the Balloon Artist Podcast where we are exploring in Season 7 some of the ways that people are growing in the balloon art journey in their first few years. Thank you again, Kevin, and see you guys next week on the Balloon Artist Podcast. Thank you so much, Zivi. Uh, it was wonderful. Bye-bye.